The Board of Directors of the Edmonton Elks has created a special committee to conduct a review of the ownership of the club. The five-person special committee will consist of myself as chair of the board, current board members Brent Heshey, Daryl Bozenkuhl, former board members Bruce Bentley, Diane Brickner. Bruce Bentley will be the chair of the committee. The decision by the board was with the goal of ensuring professional football continues to thrive as a member of the Canadian Football League in Edmonton and Northern Alberta. Rick Lollisher, who joined us three months ago as interim president and CEO, will be a non-voting member of this committee. He's agreed to stay on until the task is complete. Rick has been working with the board in the creation of this committee and will be heavily involved as we look towards the future of the club. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to Rick. Thanks, Tom. Uh, the, uh, <coughs> going forward, I always like to look forward. So I've been here three months and in conversation with the uh, management and the board, we've looked at a lot of things on forecasts in particular and know that uh, over 2024, if we kept on the same tract or even even to a degree got better that uh, the trust fund is going to be in danger of diminishing so we all felt very strongly that now's the time to go forward and look at what the options are we're not going to prejudge what the options are but there's a number of them and uh, with the committee working very diligently and very quickly they're all committed to it and uh, we found that um, you know clearly there's a history of uh, we've spent a lot of money on the trust fund over the last number of years, and uh, it's benefited very much. So, but going forward, uh, we are going to need a capital uh, investment on the club going forward because it's going to take a couple years to get out of these losses that we've been accumulating on an annual basis. So, uh, I'm going to work very closely with the uh, committee, and when the committee's ready, they'll make a recommendation to the board of directors who will be the ones that will make the decision on any ownership change going forward. So with that, we're certainly open to any questions that you might have. Yes, sir. Hey, um, I just you mentioned three months on the job. From your three months here, what have you seen, if you can offer any specifics on what needs to improve? Some wins. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, um, the, the, I think our... our uh, Staff here working very hard on, on the uh, renewal of season seats. We're selling actually a good number of new season seats, which is a great sign. And on the field, when people got to uh, Trey Ford and the excitement he has, that it just the environment got a lot better. You know that we closed the top deck. Uh, that's gone relatively well. There's some people that have been up there for a lot of years, but we're relocating them the best we can. Um, the biggest thing I've seen, and I haven't been here for 10 years, right, uh, is the, this is my opinion, not the clubs. The We need some very um, high investment into this stadium if this stadium's going to go forward as a CFL stadium. You know, it's been the love of the CFL for a lot of years. It's had a lot of events here. Uh, but it's not the stadium of the future that you see that we have in, in uh, Regina and Winnipeg and Hamilton and Ottawa. 
and they they going forward. So it needs a pretty big investment, and I know the city's been looking at it. Um, the but it's just it's too big for today's environment of uh, the CFL and the type of seats that you can sell. We you can sell suites, you can sell party decks. We've seen it in those other cities. Uh, groups a very important part of uh, ticket sales in a CFL team, and the uh, so we're going to be looking at everything. If if there's an unlimited amount in, of dollars, I'd build a new stadium. That's that's what I do, but I don't have that kind of dollars. Okay. So, so major, it needs, it, yeah, it, it, you know, the, the stadium's been great for all these years and uh, from 78, uh, but, but just you look around the CFL now, we're, even by closing the top deck, we're gonna be the fourth largest stadium and, and we know it's got the track that a lot of stadiums don't have. We know it's got the pitch that, that's a lot uh, more gradual slope than other stadiums. So um, the, the, that's probably the number one I've, I've seen and we can still deal with it, but the, uh, we all have to work at it together. And then in terms of what you guys are talking about today, has there been a person or a group even casually expressed interest in becoming the owner of the Elks? Like, are you that? Yes, yes, there is. I've had a, uh, three or four, four, I guess, reach out to me in, in, in the last three months to, because, uh, you know, there's hearsay on the street around the league uh, that have expressed an interest. And I've told them they just have to wait. We've had no negotiations or anything like that. But there's clearly are, um, it, it's a great community for sports. It's a great community for football and there's a I think there's going to be a fair amount of interest whether it's a group or an individual and with the committee going forward we'll just see where that is it's difficult uh, of uh, you know, there's a lot of green and gold in, in a lot of people's blood in, in this community, and particularly as uh, we we talked this morning with uh, the all the past board members and the shareholders to let them know what was happening, and they put a lot of time in. This board's put a tremendous amount of time in, and uh, you know, even with Tom as a player, he's he's played, and um, the so it that you bleed green and gold, but. Um, I think we've seen transformations in the CFL. You know, Vancouver, Calgary, Hamilton, that I can right away have been community teams that have changed to private ownership. And, um, you know, when you see what's happened in Vancouver and Montreal, um, you know, at this time last year, Montreal didn't have an owner. Now they're the Grey Cup champions. So um, the, uh, this is, I think, looking, this is going to be a transformation for, for this. Uh, Franchise. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's just my opinion of of uh, what we need. And you know, maybe there—it's not going to happen overnight. I fully understand that. Of the, uh, but if if you could get a new facility that where you could play CFL football and uh, Canadian Premier League soccer then it fits for both and the more days you get in a facility the better off you are.
this ownership system has been a place for a long time, has been very successful for a long time. What brought us to this point to make this decision to? Well, we've been very fortunate to have a trust fund. The the uh, uh, we that trust fund came about because of from the sale of the Edmonton Trappers, from hosting Grey Cups in '97, '02, '10, and '18. That's really where the funds of the so it's got us through a fair amount. But when you look back, COVID, there's been some you know football operation changes that have cost money. The on the field, um, you know, the it's a win-loss business, and and when you're uh, not not winning at home for whatever it was four years, the uh, that plays on it, and it ends up costing you a lot of money to go forward, and so it's more of a revenue problem. But I'm more confident that that this city in northern Alberta has a great fan base, and if we do things right and and get uh, where we're playing exciting football on the field, they'll come back. Talking me or the team? The team. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, um, the, we we want to handle it now. I don't want to be in a position, nor does the board or the special committee, to all of a sudden go to the CFL and say, oh, here's the keys. That, that's not what we're all about. We're doing it ahead of time to make sure that it's organized, we get the right owner or group of owners or individual owners, and that it will go forward as a, a franchise that'll be around for another 75 years. So there's no timeline on when, when we have to do this, but we know by the end of next year, we're gonna need a capital investment, so. You know, the entertainment has changed. A lot more people are showing up. Is that what you're hearing when you guys talk to the older? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, it's the same in Montreal with a new owner of uh, going forward. It's it, it, it. I don't think everything that's been done here in the past has been done wrong. There's been a lot of good things, and this franchise has been very sound and solid for uh, 74 years. So. It's a, it's a combination of things that have crept up over the last number of years. Um, and when, when you are a community-owned team, just like Vancouver, Calgary, Hamilton were in the past, the, when you run out of money, you run out of money. Uh, we're, we're, you can't go borrow money, or, so, so you need somebody to make an investment. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of the four groups that have been hired? Nope. Local? No, I prefer local, and they are. There's both. Uh, there's a couple of them. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but there's a couple of them that I talked to about buying the Lions back three years ago. So um, we'll see. I think we'll all we'd all prefer local. Uh, that makes the most sense, and uh, we've seen that again in Vancouver and Montreal, where local ownership has has. Uh, been a, a great factor in, in reinvigorating the club. I'll leave my to the Can I ask you a question? So, <coughs> it kind of sounds like 
I mean, this process is leaning towards going towards private ownership. What, what's the committee specifically going to be looking at here going forward? What's the exact task? What are you going to be looking at? Uh, frankly, all options. You know, we're not we're not ruling out anything at this point. We need to open our eyes and, and cast a wide net to make sure that we are going to give this club the opportunity to be successful for another 75 years. So we're not ruling out anything. If, if everything was, was perfect and we had, you know, local ownership that was building a new stadium that was, you know, endless pockets, then sure. You know, if that, that person or group of people exists, come on. Come on down, give Rick a call, and we'll start talking. But we're not ruling out anything at this time. If that makes sense. Uh, in the release, you kind of mentioned, I think Rick talk, touched on it already, that um, you know, for this year, 2024, the trust fund kind of cover things. If, thing, if things don't change, what happens after 2024? Like if things weren't to change, what would happen after 2024 with the Elks? Hard to hard to speculate on that as to what what happens if I mean if we go uh, eighteen and zero, I, I don't think that we have much of a problem if we fill the stands if we sell out all of our uh, partnerships, it's a different story. If we get another severe COVID, that's a other end of the story, right? So, as I say, we don't know. There's still lots of unknowns in this business, so we're here. We know we can get through 24, it, barring COVID or nobody showing up in the stands and nobody wanting to, to partner with us. So it's, it's difficult to, to forecast for you. Uh, I think the attendance for the Elks is just under 25,000 this year, which I think was third highest in the league based on what I saw in CFL DB this morning. But so, so what, besides the attendance issue, what, what else has brought the organization to this point? Is it, is it the stadium was just too big and more costly than what the other organizations are? Yeah, certainly, certainly moving parts. And I can't understate the effect that COVID had on the organization, on the consumer, how they consume their sports entertainment, right? Some were happy to buy a season ticket, but really they're only going to go to a couple of games. They're just not fully comfortable in embracing getting out. It, it, so it, it really is a complicated answer to how we got to where we are. So if, if, if we could sell out the, the bottom bowl, I think that would be the greatest thing. So. Talk about private ownership. How much would it, what would the price tag be for a franchise? Don't want to speculate on that one. Good, good on you for asking. But um, yeah, it's, it's not that, it's never that simple. So. No, we'd like to do it as soon as possible, but uh, recognizing that we are opening it up and looking at different options, we want to make sure every option is thoroughly examined so we don't have a hot, hard date of anything. No? John, how much money exactly would needed to keep this organization afloat? I'll throw that to Rick. How much from the trust fund? Yeah, like how much have you guys been It'll be, um, we've dipped in about four million this year. The, uh, and it's been dipped into well, since COVID. So um, the, the trust fund at the end of this year will be about seven million dollars. And, but we also have liabilities. There's, there's no one on this board, special committee or me, that's gonna leave this city unpaid bills. So we're gonna make sure 
that everything is is paid. So um, the you know the the investment side. I think to the question that you give to Tom, uh, it's more important to whether it's a group, an individual, or whoever that they're prepared to make an investment in the club versus what they're prepared to pay for. The uh, it's more important that way to me, and it just was the same in BC and the same in Montreal. Assuming there's been a discussion with the league, this process wouldn't have the league's uh, voice in there. What, what's the discussion been with the league through this process so far? Well, uh, they've been kept aware. Uh, the commissioner and the board of governors have been kept aware of the of the Elks' uh, financial woes. So um, they're they're fully supportive of what we're doing, and they uh, they'll help in any which way. But they know. Uh, that a solution to this has to be found in Edmonton, that they can't find it. 